Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on political outcomes and current events. My name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And I'm joined on the line by the one and only Long John Silver. John, can hey, you hear me? David. Yeah, I can Solo hear you. Time. The music music sounds mm. Okay. Just trying to switch things up with a new theme song as we approach election season. It's more important that we get as many listeners as possible. So we thought a new right. theme song produced by Rick Rubin, the creative genius, would help us um, grab some new listeners. So anyway, the name of the podcast is you The said Sa- we. Hmm? You said we thought that. John and I had long discussions about hiring a producer. I don't remember to, any discussion. I had no. To really strip our theme song down to its basic ec elements and rebuild it from the ground up and we've done that and we thank rick rubin and um if you're a patreon supporter thank you for your support because it turns out we're going to have to pay all of this month's patreon to mr rubin for his help with our new theme song the song has changed but the podcast remains the same election profit makers and um we have so much to talk about today hold on i have to put down this keyboard yeah we have so much to talk about. John, I want to start off by talking about your water bottle. Right before we started recording, I saw you drinking out of the amazing, gigantic, motivational water bottle that my brother bought you for your birthday. This thing may look silly, uh-huh. but I use it every single day. I don't I don't even think I wash it that much. I'm just like Perfect. constantly filling it all the time. Yeah. It's of all the gifts that I've gotten in my life, you know? No, there's been no gift that I've used as much as this one. How about in, that? In recent memory, definitely. I mean, if you're giving me a book or something, I might read a few pages. Mm-hmm. I might wear something you give me that's clothes-wise. But I mean, this thing, every single day, changed my life. Welcome to the lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, you've truly become everything you were raging against. That is the you rage against teenagers clanking their huge water bottles and damaging your car. That thing would like take out a helicopter well it's still plastic it's so big it is big and it is plastic but it's it's not metal okay and i i really just only keep it here at home strictly a home use bottle yeah yeah i i i can go fill up my car without bringing a water bottle mm. i know that's hard for some people but you can do it i can do it I can do it. But the second I get home, I'm like, mm, mm, mm. sucking on that little plastic nipple or whatever you call those things. Yeah. So little performance. Peter, sucker. thank you so much. I don't know how much it cost. I think it was like $600 because oh, the motivational, really? because the motivational phrases on the side were like originally written. Oh. They're like handwritten. Oh, so okay. it cost a lot of money. I think Joyce Carol Oates wrote them all and it was very expensive to hire her. So I think it was a really expensive gift. Well, it was completely worth it. What else do we want to talk about? I think we're done. I mean, seriously? No, let me get the theme song. We've got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. I'll play us out. Well, folks, that's it. It's been another great episode of Election Profit Makers. We thank you for listening. You can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. I've been Kid Midas and I've been joined by John Kimball. Time for a little solo. All right, now let's start the episode again. Okay. I'm doing all my shortcuts on my, you know, people have tried to teach me these shortcuts on my computer. Oh, you're using your laptop now with all the new keystrokes and shortcuts? Yeah. Is it making a difference? No. Can you, really? Well, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Here's what you should do. Try to get navigate your eyes to the episode outline. Yep. I'm looking at it. 350 plus million dollars, Johnny. That was a big um, piece of news that I guess broke on Friday, right? Yeah, the civil fraud trial in New York. The judge finally came back. And the civil fraud trial was against Donald Trump. Yes. And his sons, I think, unfortunately, Eric and Don Jr. They also owe money. Did you know that? It's not just Donald Trump Sr. who owes money. Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump both owe millions of dollars in penalties. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, man. They each owe like four or five million dollars. Oh, okay. Well, they'll probably be okay. He owes $354.8 million. Uh, he's barred from running a business in New York for three years. I can't believe it's only three years. Like, what? Yeah, so in three years, Three years is nothing. Back. And then, I mean, there's a $5 million penalty. Oh, that's the Sefer trial. That's the Carroll trial. Yeah, don't get these trials mixed up, John. Come on. Oh, but now he owes $443 million in judgments. Because then there's some sort of, like, he owes... I think he owes interest on this one. Why doesn't he just start doing business exclusively in Florida? Can't he do that? This is just a New York trial, right? Just move everything to Florida. Sure. That's what I would do if I was him, a great genius and a man of wealth. Yeah, that's probably what he will and do. And isn't Elon Musk reincorporating Tesla from Delaware to Texas or something? I think the new trend is going to be moving businesses for ostensibly political reasons, but really for financial and legal reasons. Trump can say, I'm reincorporating all my Trump companies down in Florida, which is a nice free state. I'm getting out of politicized New York. Elon Musk can say, I'm leaving Delaware. I'm going to Texas where a company and a man can be free. It was because a Delaware judge ruled against um, Elon Musk's like $5 trillion salary or something, right? Right. Delaware's the big one. Uh, I thought Nevada was a big one too. I've never heard of people incorporating in Florida. Uh, and then a bunch of the banks are based in South Dakota. Normal. Like they have something where you can just steal money from people uh-huh. um, and have no penalty. So like every credit card, it's like a South Dakota company. Remember when you used to get a lot of credit card offers and they would have like a P.O. box like in Wilmington, Delaware or South Dakota? And the mm-hmm. P.O. box number would be so long. It would be like seven digits long. It would be like P.O. Box 10005620. Do you remember that? I never knew P.O. Boxes never, could be that long. And they, But they had to be because there are so many corporations. I guess there. so. Do you think they literally just have a post office with a thousand P.O. A 10,000 P.O. Boxes lined up like yeah. going for forever? What and if ever? you have like a two digit P.O. Box in Delaware? Oh. Your You'd like life. that, wouldn't you? Now, the Delaware license plates, the, the Delaware P.O. box, that's where the money is. Really? Maybe. Is there anything else to say about these huge judgments? It's a lot of money. It's going to be appealed like everything. The RNC is going to chip in because Laura Trump of North Carolina, Trump's daughter-in-law, is poised to take over the RNC, right? That's right. Did you hear all this stuff that that um, his his old attorney, Michael Cohen came out and and said that Trump hated Laura Trump before they got married, didn't want them to get married, and that everybody in the family made fun of her. Oh. Isn't that terrible? Imagine showing up at the Trump family and everyone's making fun. Were they making fun of her behind her back or to her face? No, behind her back. Yeah, like he didn't want him to marry. Probably, you know, because she was from North Carolina, they probably looked down on her. Right. And, um... Yeah, they were re- really against her and that Trump didn't like her until one day he saw her on television and she was defending him. God, doesn't take much, right? No, it doesn't. That's why he's a good president. Cannot be manipulated. Cannot be manipulated. Smart. Hold on. I'm doing some deep internet research while we're talking. I just want to make sure I have all these details right. Is it about Taylor Swift? No. Um. So they've also started to go fund me. I saw that, and it had raised like $30,000. It seemed it seemed like I didn't know what the point was. Let's see. That didn't get shut down. New Republic says, a fundraiser mounted over the weekend by Donald Trump's beguiled supporters isn't likely to make a dent in his whopping legal dues. On Friday, the former president was hit with a $354 million financial ruling, a blah, 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 blah. And interest rates will tack on as much as another $100 million. In just two days, a GoFundMe organized by Elena Cardone, wife of a wealthy private equity fund manager, Grant Cardone, (laughs) raised more than $452,000. That's not bad. In its description, Cardone argues that the crowdsourced effort is not merely about raising the ruling amount. It's about taking a stand. So he has raised one oh, this is where number this is where the numbers get a little too big for my mind they they've raised so four, it's, it's something like 0. 0.028 
5% or something like that. Well, let's assume that the total let's round let's round things up. Let's say his total liability is 450 million dollars. That's the original initial judgment plus interest. Right. So if they raise 4.5 it'd be 1%. God. So this is 450,000. So it's it's is that one it's 0.10 of 1%. 1%. And that's so much money. That's more money than I've ever seen. Four hundred and fifty thousand. If you caught me with four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you better not blink because I'm going to be gone for the rest of my life. If I had that much money, <laughs> you would never see me again. I would be traveling okay. to places that you don't even have on your maps. With my four hundred fifty thousand dollars, I would be at Easter Island the next day. Mm-hmm. I would never work again. I would goof off in a way mm-hmm. that was like. Just actually so innovative and incredible. I would have oh, the restaurants I would be going to. <laughs> the restaurants I would be going to. Are you kidding me, man? The restaurants I would be going to, John. I mean, the very restaurants that I would be going to. Yeah. And instead, they're throwing all this money down the toilet to help Donald Trump's judgment. Give the money to me. Let's have fun. Should we start a GoFund? Let's start GoFundMe? a GoFundMe just called... um. Give the money to me. If you're thinking about donating to Trump, I let's say, listen, man, I hate immigrants so much more than Trump. I hate <laughs> I hate trans people more than Trump. I love Putin more than Trump. Like, give the money mm-hmm. to me and I'll go have fun with it like that. It might work. John, there's huge news in the shoe world, the world of sneakers. There's a hot new player in the world of um, upmarket designer sneakers. I don't know if you know this, John, but I live kind of near the sneaker mecca of Los Angeles. On Melrose Avenue, there's a bunch of really famous sneakerhead stores, including Cool Kicks. Cool Kicks is a sneaker store on Melrose Ave that's kind of famous for their videos where one of the kids who works at the store assesses shoes that are brought in by customers looking to make money. He authenticates the sneakers and either pays them for the sneaker or tells them he's he's very delicate. Authenticators are very interesting. If they know that what they're handling is a fake, they usually don't want to offend the person who brought it in. So instead of saying this is a fake, they say, you know what? We're really not interested in this right now. We're not taking this right now. I've spent so much time on, yes, TikTok watching this kid authenticate sneakers. And I tell you, man, let me ask you a question. Has Nike ever made any sneakers? There's so many <laughs> Nikes. So I went in the other I went in the other week. I took a stroll down Melrose Ave. I just was doing some sneaker research for personal reasons. And I was like, let me go into Cool Kicks. It'd be kind of like seeing a celebrity. Yeah. But I was looking at all these sneakers on the show. You know how a sneaker store, high-end sneaker stores, the it's just walls of sneakers, right? I guess. Most of and a lot of them are secondhand. You know, it doesn't mean they've ever been worn, but they're not, right. you know, these are sneakers maybe from 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? And you look at the prices. These, 20 years ago? I think so. Yeah. Some of them. Super high end. Doesn't like the rubber start to break down after 20 years? Oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah. That's a good question. But there's just like all these sneakers like, oh, and this and this was a Nike collaboration with like uh, a rapper and they have that sneaker. The one thing I noticed going to all these sneaker stores is 80% of, 90% of it is Nike. I don't know. I don't know why Nike. Why doesn't New Balance make a crazy shoe? Why doesn't Converse make a crazy shoe? It's all Nikes. Nikes and then Adidas when Adidas was working with Kanye West. Fucked up, crazy looking Kanye West shoes. But it's really mostly Nike. Hmm. And to tell you the truth, John, I can't really see the difference between a lot of these shoes other than the various colors. However, there is a new sneaker on the scene that is very distinctive, and that is the Donald Trump sneaker, John. And I wanted to talk about this because I'm kind of two Kevin Bacons removed from sneakerhead, from sne- from the sneakerhead lifestyle because I live so close to to Cool Kicks, which is one of the hottest sneaker stores in the country. Right. And I have watched TikToks of people at sneaker cons authenticating each other's sneakers, and I love to watch authenticators at work. There's so many subtle signs that tell you whether a shoe is legit or not. You have to tap the sole of the shoe. You have to feel, you have to squeeze the tongue of the shoe. You have to check the label on the box if it comes in the original box. You have to smell it. Ol- the olfactory senses are brought into play when you're determining whether something is legitimate or not. And there's a new shoe that I would love to get my nose in because it is made of gold and I'm sure it smells like the sweetest cinnamon. The Donald Trump sneaker. If I told you, John, that Donald Trump was selling a sneaker and I said, why don't you try to picture in your mind what this sneaker might possibly could look like? What would you picture in your mind? 
Well, I have aphantasia, I believe, so I don't think I could picture anything. We what? can discuss that later. I have seen it, so wait, hold I know on. You can't imagine like. things. What? I. This is this is new. To, this is new for me because of TikTok. Oh, I saw. I saw something and it said, here's a test to see if you have this thing called aphantasia. And it said, if you imagine an apple, what do you see? And then it showed like five different apples and then it showed blank. And then, and I guess most people choose this one apple on the left and the middle apple is just kind of cartoonish and blurry. And then finally at the end, there's really, you just don't see anything. What did you pick? The blank void? It's either the blank void or the just gray, blurry, kind of nothing. Wait, hold on. John, picture an ostrich. Can you picture an ostrich right now? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't. Does it look like a photograph of an ostrich? No. What does it look like? It's, it's, it's just a, like, a, at best, it's a cartoon. It takes more work to imagine a cartoon than to imagine a photograph because you have to no it's 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 um it's okay so when i ask you to picture an apple i'm gonna ask you to picture an apple i'm picturing right one right now it's a photograph of okay. a red what color apple. red what color red okay is what what does the skin look like the skin looks like a fucking apple it looks like a photograph of an apple white background white table just like a generic so you're seeing a white table well not a white table it's on a white surface i'm seeing a red apple against a white background okay it looks like a stock photograph of a red apple okay yeah for me when i think of an apple i'm just thinking of an abstract concept of an apple Get the i'm not fuck really out. i'm not asking you seeing to seeing it i'm not really seeing it if i can then say if you were like tell me more about the apple i can i can then make up some stuff and be like, oh, well, you know, it's... Um, John, I want sitting. you to imagine the moment that President Bush was reading the happy little goat in that Florida classroom and someone leaned over and said, sir, our second plane has hit the Twin Towers. What do you picture? But I experienced that. It's not imagining something. I know what that looks like. Oh, right. Because that's a reference that you can actually just call up as part of your memory. Right. If somebody said, I want you to close your eyes and think of David, I don't really see you. What? what I just fuck? Conce- I conceive of you. Hold on. So there are people out there that, that see absolutely nothing. And they, this is something that apparently they knew about hundreds of years ago, but it was rediscovered recently, like 20 years ago. A man had surgery. He had heart surgery. And after his heart surgery... He came back to his doctor and he said, something's going on where I cannot visually imagine anymore. I cannot picture the images in my head. And they said, what do you mean? And he said, well, every night when I go to bed at night, I think I have this routine in, in where I, I think of my children and I think of my wife and I think of my loved ones. And then it just sort of comforts me and I go to sleep. And now when I go to bed at night, I don't see them anymore. <gasps> So it was, you know, this idea that's, that, that came out earlier this year, you know, people were talking about, you know, there's some people, they don't have an inner monologue. And that blew my mind because I've got so much talking. Yeah, I have an inner monologue 24-7. It's pretty nice that. and not very exhausting. It's pretty uplifting <laughs> yes. and supportive inner monologue. <laughs> but I really don't have that much. Picturing stuff. Picturing stuff. Someone described it as saying. Everything is there. All of the information is there. It's like your computer. It's got icons. It's got uh, links to various RAM and processing speed. And there's a fan going on and, and there's calculations being made by your computer. And all this work is still being done. But the monitor's turned off. It's all just sort of oh happening. And you know that it's happening. This is because you use a phone instead of a laptop. Your monitor is no. turned off because you don't know how to use a monitor. No. If you would put <laughs> no. down that phone, you might learn how to imagine a Trump sneaker. I, I don't, you know, it's on a spectrum and I'm, I don't think I'm completely mind blind as they say, but there's some people that are, have hyper fantasia and they can see really detailed things. And those people are prone to like 
being uh, vulnerable towards PTSD. Huh. Okay. Uh, or they they can they don't like scary movies, and they they have really vivid dreams. My dreams are so abstract. And I think I've said this before. I just dream of like color and feeling and things like that. What? It's not. You don't dream about people and adventures? Yes, there are people sometimes, but it's blurry. What? What do you mean blurry? Like in the dream, in the dream, do you see somebody and you're like, they are blurry? Or do you mean that when you wake up and remember it, the memory? No, I don't remember my dreams. I rarely, rarely remember my dreams. Oh my God. John. I know. We need to get you to a neurosurgeon. Like we need to do brain surgery. I know. I think there's something wrong. But it said that people that have aphantasia are slightly smarter than the general population. Oh, I'm sure. Isn't that nice? How convenient. It's nice. What's it called? Aphantasia? Yeah. So it's it's not that it's necessarily um, a disability, although I think it is because I was talking to Jennifer and she was saying she could remember when she's studying she can close her eyes and see her notes and like manipulate the paper to look at various notes what? And to, wait that's to me, too crazy that's like, in the other direction yeah she's hyper like zoom in yeah. and stuff like yeah what the fuck is happening with everyone's brains can't everyone just i don't be know but it made me realize why, why it took why i struggle sometimes with chess i'm like if you have hyper fantasia you, I bet you'd be really great at chess because you can see I the don't positions. Know. It's weird. The whole thing. I, I it, people who have it are more into statistics and fact-based stuff and fact-based memory and not not like episodic or art. Uh, right. More a, a creative thing. So, uh, if you were to ask someone, it, we're talking about like guided meditation. Now close your eyes and you're going down in this mind shaft. Uh, in an elevator and it's getting darker and darker and deeper and deeper and deeper as, and as you're falling asleep. And so Jennifer described that scene. She was like, you know, talking about the grease on the, you know, the the pulleys as it went lower and everything. She was describing, she was describing something that as if there was a video camera there. Right. And she was it. just describing what she was seeing. That's right. Yeah. And so she says, when you're when you're doing this this guided meditation, what are you seeing, John? And what I'm seeing is like a 3D representation, as if what you would see on the news when they're explaining. This is how we rescued the Chilean miners. This is how we you're rescued baby a news Jessica. Report about your descent down the mine shaft as part right. of right. It's just from the side, and it's 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 very technical. And then there's a little graphic that says top ten deepest mine shafts. In North <laughs> right. America, and then it compares exactly. them on a linear scale, and you're looking at them, and you're like, "Oh, I'm in that one, number three. But it's something I'd never heard of before, and maybe I don't have it. You know how everybody on TikTok thinks they have everything. Yeah, so everyone maybe is I diagnosing the shit out of themselves on TikTok. Right. So maybe I saw it, and I don't, I don't have any of this. But I, but it, it, did, it sounds it like our mind. You. It sounds like we're a little bit different because all uh, John. Let's remember we had this whole conversation because I asked you to imagine what a Trump sneaker would look like. Now I find out that you. That you can't even picture a mine shaft with grease on the pulleys because of the way your mind works? I can. It's just not where my mind goes. Right. Immediately. When I say, let's pick it up again. I'm going to cut all that. Hey, John, imagine if I asked you to imagine what a Trump sneaker looks like, what would you, what would you, what would you do in your mind? Now tell me really what you would do in your mind. Would you think about sales statistics or no? Pretend you never saw a photo of this fucking thing. It's just the idea of what a sneaker would look like, but it's very – there's not much there. There isn't vivid detail. It's just – It's just a shape. I'm just thinking of a I'm – it's not even a shape. I'm just thinking sneaker. Like when you close your eyes and count sheep, do you see sheep? Of course. Well, that's why I'm counting them. How I can't count them if I can't see them. I'm, I'm – yeah, I'm counting them but not seeing them. But that doesn't make sense. How do you know they're sheep? Well, the, none of this is real. Wait, okay, let's calm down. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't see the sheep. Well, if I said count giraffes, would anything materially change in your experience of that counting? I can sort of see a blurry giraffe. But you can't see a sheep? I don't 
No, my when I count sheep, I don't see sheep. So why do you bother counting sheep? Why aren't you just counting? Do you just count? Okay, let me ask you another question. Can you do the alphabet backwards? Can you yes. say the alphabet Z, backwards? Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E. So you're looking into space right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the alphabet backwards. You're seeing it. Yeah, I have to look at it and to read it so I know I'm getting it I can't, right. I can't do that. What? Do you see the alphabet when you read it the regular way, when you go A, B, C, D, E, F, G? No, because that's like humming a melody or singing. That's so deeply ingrained. I don't need a visual prompt in order to say A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's right. So I can do it that way. But if you want me to do it backwards, I can't see it. And if I can't see it, I can't do it. So if I said, what letter comes three spaces after H in the alphabet? How would you figure that out? I'd, I'd, I'd go H-I-J-K. You would just pick up the mnemonic yeah. or the alphabet, I guess. The, alpha, the mnemonic yeah. is the thing itself, the alphabet. Absolutely. H, yeah, I guess I would do the same thing, but I'm also picturing the alphabet and looking at it and I see, okay, so now I see H. Let's see what's to the right of H. I-J-K. Right. You know how some people have, uh, it's, it's called, what it, I can't remember what it's called, where you see uh, uh, numbers and letters have colors. Sy- to them. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. People who are hyper Fantasian are, are more likely to have that. Right. I have that a little bit with musical notes sometimes. I see colors associated with musical notes or melodies have certain colors or something like that but very very subtle not i think i think if you truly have synesthesia it can be kind of distracting and overwhelming i don't have it like that but there are things where it's like oh yeah that that's kind of like a purple song like that really yeah just a little bit though not not super heavy Minds are weird i'm telling you man the mind once we crack the mysteries of the human mind is over for these hoes Maybe that's what AI is all about. We're going to be – I want to see it when they crack it. Oh, my God. When they crack open the mysteries of the mind and they reveal it on TV, that's going to be must-see TV. When they're like, tonight on NBC News, the mysteries of the mind revealed. Yeah. Mind-see TV. Mind-see TV instead of must-see TV. Yeah. But my mind can't see. The problem is, here's what's going to happen. AI is going to become so powerful – that we are going to start assuming that if something is true for the way an AI builds a model of reality, it's that must be how minds themselves build models of reality. We have spent many decades using the metaphor of the computer to describe how minds work, right? This idea of inputs and outputs and all that. The way that we think about minds is probably very different than the way ancient people thought about minds, if they even knew enough to think about them, because we have this very powerful analogy of a computer, standard computer system, inputs and outputs and signal processing and all that stuff. Now that AI might become super powerful, I wonder if it'll flip and somehow we will decide that Almost like AI, like our, not that things will flip, but that we will start to assume that if it's true for AI, it must be true for a mind. And although an AI can duplicate many of the processes and outputs that a mind does, like that's why it's so uncanny, right? When you watch a, when you watch this picture that was made by a text prompt and you're like, that's what my mind would do. Draw a picture that would come. But I wonder what's, but AI to me is, well, sorry, go ahead. You, you. You study philosophy. So Aristotle Mm. was somebody who was apparently an imagist and believed that everything was imagery and vision Uh and that Plato completely disagreed with that. And Plato said that Everything is not what we're seeing Mm. and that what we're seeing, everything just exists and is abstract and conceptual and math. Mm -hmm. Um, So in in some ways- you like that, right? Yes. Yeah, you like Plato. Because because that's me. You don't even care about the shadows on the cave wall. You're like, fuck these shadows. Just give me the pure data. Right. Yeah. Because I believe that we're in the matrix, I guess. And I'm the one who's like clapping his hands at the little shadow animals on the walls of the cave, like, oh, look at the pretty animals. Yeah. Right. 
That you might be, this is probably why you're smarter than me, because you don't get distracted by all these pretty pictures in your mind. I don't think I'm smarter than you, but I, I yeah. Yes, you do. Look at, look at your face. You do think you're smarter than no, me. I saw you just say, it's okay. There's got to be weird ways of thinking that there's got to be advantages to both. Mm. There's got, I think, I think, I think it's one of the ways, like, I don't ever get bored with TikTok or any of that stuff. I can just keep going, going to other things. Um, um, are you making the case that it's a sign of your intelligence that you're addicted to TikTok? Because yes. No, 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 Everybody, that's not, that's not a reflection of how because smart I don't you think are. I'm that's retaining a reflection all of that. how smart ByteDance and the Chinese government are. Yeah. <laughs> they made the world's most nefarious thing. It's like, I don't yeah, I'm just I built can. different. I'm addicted to heroin and nicotine. <laughs> I don't get bored because I'm so smart. Like, what are you talking about? Choose a different example. I don't ever get overwhelmed by visual stimulus because oh, I don't think I'm retaining it. Right. Interesting. So you let I don't it... think that's a sign of intelligence. That's a sign that I am not able to hold on to that. Whereas um, I have known people who definitely get overstimulated and can't. Right. And can't. Like the idea of like idly scrolling through social media while watching a movie, they just wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Because they're probably retaining a lot more of that. The movie might be having more of a – making more of an impression on them. Right. And they say aphantasiax. I don't know. Af people with aphantasia, they don't like fiction and that's definitely me. Yeah, right. Be because you're wasting all this time. You know, you get to a certain point and like I'm going to describe what the <laughs> cowboy is wearing and I'm just like – I'm not seeing it. This is not rewarding for me. I'm I, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm taking the information in that the cowboy's dusty and he's wearing whatever. <laughs> Zero respect for that cowboy. Holy fuck. No. Yeah. I'm like, what is the cowboy wow. doing? Let's get on with it. Cormac McCarthy's last novel, The Dusty Cowboy. John Kimball says, not a must read. Too many descriptions of dust and sagebrush. Yeah. Just tell me the statistics of how many people were scalped and disemboweled, Mr. McCarthy. God, I bet that's why I hated. Yeah. Why you hated what? The, the whale book. Moby Dick? Yeah. So much description. I think you hated Moby Dick because you literally read it on your fucking phone. What else would you read it on? A book. You would read it on a book, if that makes sense. On the printed okay. page. Okay. I can't believe you did that. But I think you would like... Oh, I was going to say, maybe you would like it because there is so much... Moby Dick, for those who haven't read it, is a classic American novel by Herman Melville. Probably one of the most important novels ever written in the English language. Really? And it's about a man named Ahab who is obsessed with finding a white whale named Moby Dick. And there's a guy on the boat named Ishmael. And he says famously, you can call me Ishmael if you'd like. It makes no difference to me. I'm just a fictional character. That's the first sentence of the book. He goes out with Ahab and another fellow named Queequeg, and they go on this huge adventure. I guess you could call it a lark, looking for Moby Dick. And this book is quite long. And in between the fictional narrative where they're chasing Moby Dick and this and that, there are also all these long, detailed descriptions of like, so now you've caught the whale. What do you propose to do with it? And then they talk about how they remove the blubber and kill the whale and step on the guts and do all this. Stuff. Like the real like nonfiction whale processing stuff. Yeah. It's really a wild book. Like, it's really fucking crazy. I read it in high school to write a book report on it. I haven't read it since. But I would think, John, that you would love all the nonfiction stuff where they're talking about processing or rendering the lard or whatever they're doing. But you didn't like that because it required too much. You had to keep track of things in a pictorial sense in your mind to understand what they were doing. Is that right? I guess. My memory is that I did not like it, but I can't remember. I can't remember it. But I bet I would like the movie if there was a Moby Dick movie. I like visual things. You do? Yes. Name one course, painting I'm, you like. I'm not an art connoisseur. Okay, so visual but not visual arts. Y yeah, I mean, yeah. Name a uh, the sunset. Sword of Damocles, the Sword of Damocles at, uh, at the Ackland at Art the Museum Ackland. on the UNC I, campus. Yeah, I love that. I, I, That's I actually a great can kind of see that. Yeah. I can kind of see that. But I just know that. Um, yeah, I like all tours you know, video production, stuff like that. So. Is there a visuals? First of all, I'm calling it right now. Best episode of a political podcast ever. And I can't wait till we take all this information and turn to our predictive portfolios. That's going to be a pivot mm -hmm. for the ages. But for now, let me ask you this. Is there a scene 
in a TV show or movie that you can recall vividly that made a big impression on you? An image on the screen that speaks to you in some way. Or is that not what you would take away from a TV show and a movie? I don't think that's what I would take away from it. Right. I, I can't think of anything. When you think of a novel you've read and you think of a passage from that novel or a scene from that novel, can you picture it? No, I don't think I can. Even if it's not like, uh, you know, Boomtown, Sam's book. Uh-huh. Are you picturing anything when you're reading that? No, it's Oklahoma City, man. I don't have time to picture that stuff because it's so boring. I picture a fucking flat piece of shit city in the middle of nowhere that's run by a bunch of racists. Every two years, a jet flies by and makes a big noise. Why would I waste my precious that's mind un- picturing totally Boomtown? Oklahoma Just City. kidding. It's a great book. Everybody read it. It is a great book. And there's a lot of basketball. I can picture basketball. <laughs> I picture Caleb Love. Okay, here we go. Nailing that three at the top of the key against Duke in the 2022 NCAA Okay, but you're Final not picturing I'm it. Seeing you're, it. You're I'm remembering seeing it. it. You're remembering it from the angle that you saw it, right? You're remembering right. you're right, watching right. it. I can't picture you're it. You're not imagining else, a new – like you're not imagining no. it from a new perspective. And you want to know something actually speaking of television – and do you know the head of Pixar, the head of the head of Pixar, the 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 who did all the animation? That guy is has a Fantasia. So it's not that, that artists can't have it. Does it's not doesn't they just mean you can't be creative. See those images right. ahead of time. Do you have this experience? I noticed this when when um, we were making a TV show, and I would interview people on camera. And then watch the footage over and over again during the post-production process when we were editing it. And I realized, looking back on it now, that my memory of those conversations, these people that I met, my actual memory of those conversations has been replaced by my memory of the footage of those conversations. Absolutely. And that, I think that is the most common thing. That's why kids are like, yeah, I remember this. And it's like, you don't remember anything. You saw that picture. Yeah. And it's really kind of like... I don't like it because sometimes I try to remember like, oh, what was that experience like? That was a great, like great conversation I had with so-and-so. But I know, but I can no longer like fly my little imaginary eyeball back into the inside of my skull so that I can have the point of view memory of what it was actually like. Instead, I just remember, I remember now, now my memory is not from my perspective. It's from the camera perspective of me talking to this person. It's less dramatic with photos, but sometimes, yeah, my memories of events are replaced by my memories of the records of those events. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Much to consider. I think we have to admit there's much to consider here when it comes to matters of the human mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. If I think back to like, so, you know, things that have happened in my life that maybe were sort of traumatic. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a memory of yeah point of view the of act me. what we what we could call like the actual memory right but if someone had taken a photo at that moment you might latch on to that remember. as the primary memory no one was taking photos of during the most traumatic events of your life i don't think so hmm. Hmm. we must always remember to capture these precious memories well, in the future, we'll all be wearing those Ray-Bans that uh, Facebook has put out. Oh, yeah. We could talk about that really quick. That stuff. Speaking of um, memories and stuff like that, apparently the Apple Vision Pro, the thing that you were dead set on getting, like those are being returned in record numbers by people who are complaining of headaches. Uh, fine. I mean, yeah, there's millions of people that are trying this out, and there's going to be some people that's not going to work for. So I'm, I'm sure that's the case. You still- There's lots of people that probably have, you know- epileptic seizures from watching TikTok. And and those people shouldn't be on TikTok, I guess. But that doesn't necessarily mean So you're still interested in getting an Apple Vision Pro? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Are we going to set up a GoFundMe for that or what? Sure. That'd be great, but no, that's a, that feels wrong. Okay. You think it's wrong to set up GoFundMe's for things that are actually not healthcare related, like $450,000 to go to a legal judgment against your favorite Republican presidential candidate. Yeah, I think that's wrong. $450,000. Can we get back to that? You could probably buy a new brain with that amount of money. $450,000. You could probably get a new mind. You could get a mind transplant. 
You could buy over a thousand Apple Vision Pros with that. Oh my God. You could start a whole Apple Vision Pro like mind Borg or something. Yeah, we could buy an Apple Vision Pro for many of our listeners, not all of them, but a lot of them. And then we could put on the most spectacular in in like virtual live events. We could have a meetup where everybody showed up and we were all standing around. And then we could all picture the same thing in our mind and probably bring it to life in the actual er on earth with the power of our mind manifestations. See, that's not cool to you. No, it's scary to me. I get I'm getting okay. really it, distressed. Yeah, it's about scary. The... Oh, no, no. It's definitely scary. But it's interesting. Well, that's the thing. I think, okay, let's get back to AI. Everyone's like, well, isn't this so cool? Isn't this so cool what AI could? Yeah, but it's also scary. And I think scary should take precedence over cool, right? I think there's some people who think cool, if it's cool, we got to we gotta go all in on cool. I'm different though, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a right. scaredy cat. I think scary should trump cool. Right. Yeah, but don't you think computers were kind of scary when computers were taken over? No, Didn't because you think it was when I was growing up, because my mom was a programmer. So when I was growing up, my mom was working with computers, and I thought, well, they can't be scary if my mom is doing. It. My mom's like the nicest person who's ever lived. Right. She's like working on punch cards and stuff, you know, back in the day. I know, but now the computers are doing AI. Yeah, I should really, I should get mad at my mom about that, and let's say, look at what thou hath wrought. <laughs> yes. AI, look what it, look what you've done. The cool has overtaken scary. My mom will be like, that's not my fault, man. I've been retired for like 30 years. You can't pin that on me. You know, when the, remember Y2K, John? Let's continue this episode. Remember Y2K, the Y2K scare, the Y2K bug? Right, yeah. I remember talking to my mom about that back in the in 1999 because everyone was blaming all the programmers. The, everyone, the narrative was like, these programmers who started programming these computers back in the early 20th century never thought about Y2K. What did they think was going to happen? They're really like, it's like, come on. But I remember talking to my mom about it. My mom was like, yeah, <laughs> we just figured come? someone would figure it out. Like you had 50 years to figure it out. <laughs> right. Like, don't blame me. And then nothing happened. Remember that Y2K? That was fun. Yeah, but nothing happened because we did all of these things. Oh, is that true? Yes. Oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, there were, there were tons of people that were working to avoid all that. So, yeah, people are like, oh, it was overblown. Or like a hurricane comes through and, hey, nobody died. I was hoping it was my preferred mode of problem solving, which is to live in denial, ignore the problem, and hope that it will go away. And then it does. Yeah. You're telling me that's not what happened? That's not what happened. No. God no. damn it. That's not what happened. So anyway, John, picture a Donald Trump sneaker. <laughs> what do you picture? Right. I can see the image. It's gold. And honestly, it's not terrible. It is terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, as far as these, as far as crazy sneakers go, it just looks like all of these other crazy sneakers to me. As someone who has spent more than five minutes on Melrose Avenue, the sneaker mecca of Los Angeles, I can tell you that the Donald Trump, I think it's called Freedom, the Never Surrender High Top Sneaker, which sells for $399 and is currently sold out, it looks like shit. It's not a good looking sneaker. Okay. It ha it's all gold. It has a big T on the side. The T is probably Helvetica bold. There's no flash or panache to the capital T. There's an American flag motif on that runs around the back of the shoe. The body of the sneaker is shiny gold. Looks like C-3PO. It looks like if C-3PO played on a high school basketball team, this is the shoe he would wear. <laughs> and the midsole is white and the bottom is red, probably because okay. of... Um, those fancy shoes from Sex in the City. I'd buy one. I would buy them. And the shoelaces are gold. And and that's what makes it look like shit because it looks like somebody just spray painted a sneaker gold. I'll admit it did look like that. That's the first thing I thought of. It looked like that gold spray paint. So it turns out that this sneaker, which apparently is which Trump debuted at SneakerCon, is not the only Trump sneaker. There are also these other sneakers that have this sort of formless marshmallowy thing that I associate with Kanye West era Adidas, where the instead of a tongue, the top of the sneaker is kind of like the top of a turtleneck. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's just kind of this spongy elasticized thing. There's the T Red Wave and the POTUS 45. And these, I'm happy to say, somehow look even worse. These look like the official Olympic shoe for the dumbest country on earth. T red wave with a 45 with a feather or a wing sticking out. But there's more to this than just the fashion stuff, John. As is so often in our modern era, there's also a domain URL website component to this. And do you know about this story? No. 
The official website for these sneakers is gettrumpsneakers.com. That's not bad. That's not bad. You like that? Yeah, it's fine. There's an action to it. Probably trumpsneakers.com would be better or to maybe have both, but but the, yeah, to have, have a little bit of an action to One it. One of the Parkland kids bought shoptrumpsneakers.com and had it redirect. Who? I think it was like David Hogg, one of those, one of the Parkland okay. All right. kids. Yeah. The Trump team did not do a lot of defensive registrations, as you would say. No. When you go to just simply trumpsneakers.com, it's a completely blank page. And when I view, how do you view source? What's the, I haven't viewed source in so long. Well, my guess is that trumpsneakers.com was something that was registered many years ago, somebody trying to take advantage of his name. And then they saw it was not available and just went with get. Trumpsneakers.com. And apparently Trump sadly did not actually design these sneakers himself. He's not, he's not, he's not it. He is like Kanye West, a uh, Nazi. But unlike Kanye West, he did not ha take a leading role in designing these sneakers. Apparently they just licensed the name, which is kind of disappointing. Okay. What's incredible is it truly does look like he did design the sneakers. And that, it, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, He'd be like, yeah, right. just take this sneaker and make it gold, right? And put an American flag on it and put a T on it. So what's incredible is the sneaker looks like it was designed by Trump, but I actually don't think it was designed by Trump. And that's how strong his sense of his aesthetic is, that you can talk about using the power of the mental imagination or picturing or something. They were probably like, well, what would Trump's sneaker look like if he was to design it? And they made it and it's perfect. And now they're sold out and they're $399. And if you were one of the first 100 people to buy it at SneakerCon, I think he signed it or they were signed. Yeah, I'm sure it's worth it. It was worth every penny. So when we go on eBay, because it's all about it's all about buying sneakers, keeping them in their box, never wearing them, and then flipping them. Right. When we go on eBay, and I know that eBay is not really where sneakerheads sell stuff. They have specialized websites, but let's take a look. On eBay, I'm looking at a, res a one that's been that is now being resold for uh, eight thousand dollars. So this is an investment opportunity. Ninety five hundred doesn't mean these are going to sell. Ninety five hundred dollars, right. seventeen thousand dollars. No one is going to buy a fucking size nine point five for seventeen thousand dollars. What are you doing? What's wrong with that size? Nothing. It's just. Oh, I just thought you were spe specifying like no one's going to buy. Buy this because of its size. Oh, no one, no one has a nine. No one has a shoe yeah. size of nine point five. Okay, all right. I can't believe the shoelaces are gold. Why does that make me so mad? Why do I care? Didn't he get booed? Yeah, a couple of people booed him, but I think overall it was popular. All right. I think Trump is very popular. Yeah, he is. Forty five, forty six percent of the country mm -hmm. is into him. He's got a high floor and a low ceiling, as they say. Yeah. Are you a, you've ne you're not a sneaker guy? I wear sneakers more than I should given my age, but no, I don't really. I want is I I want a, the simplest sneaker you can have, like Vans. I would I'm I Instagram when I get on there it show it's, it it shows a bunch of like shoes that look like nice shoes that are kind of sneakers. Mhm. Mm Must think that that's what I should be wearing. I'm interested. But I, I'm a Nike guy. Nike Pegasus. It's the only way to roll. I think, John, speaking of Donald Trump, I'm going to buy 100 shares of Nikki Haley. Yes, at six cents. I don't think the order I placed in the last couple of weeks ever went through. I'm going to buy 100. I think the time is right. Six cents? Um, that seems okay. Right? I mean, it's not that much money, is it? What's that? Six dollars? I well, I don't know. It depends how many you you know you can buy in other units. N no, I, mean, I I only buy in a hundred units because I don't have a math mind, so it helps me. Uh oh, you know, a thousand. It, it's still it's the same idea. So Nikki Haley today has pledged that she is going to stay into the race in 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 the race until Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday is what March fifth. Uh, March fifth. So, assuming that she's not lying, and that's the case, then I will definitely be wrong in her dropping out mm -hmm. before or slightly after. But she is going to get wiped out in South Carolina. And what's going on? You texted me this morning and said Ron DeSantis is going to South Carolina to do something. So DeSantis announced about an hour ago that he's going to have media availability. 
this afternoon in Columbia, South Carolina. You think he's going to be debuting a new sneaker or cowboy boot or something? No, but it's, it does seem a little odd that he's in South Carolina a few days before the South Carolina GOP primary. So it just it made me wonder what's going on there. I think Haley is probably projected to get 27% of the vote. Trump's going to get over 60%. She'll probably pick up like four delegates. He's going to get 45 delegates. So she's going to get killed. Um, So I don't know what he's doing there. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. Has he already endorsed Trump? When he suspended his campaign, did he endorse Trump? No, he did. I bet he's endorsing Trump. That will be incredible. God, what a cuck. What a fucking... I mean, I hate to use that word because it's so gross, but what a fucking cuck Ron DeSantis is. I, I, I really will be shocked if that happens, but boy. He, he could endorse him, and then if Trump goes to jail, he could jump back in the race. My theory was that Ron DeSantis will let Nikki Haley take all this heat, and then if something happens and fortune smiles on us and tr- Donald Trump kills over dead or is arrested or something, then Ron DeSantis will jump back into the race like the opportunist he is. I'm just checking Twitter. I'm just trying to make sure nothing has happened because that would be a big news story. We would get a push alert. Remember, folks, if there's something truly important that happens, you'll get a push alert from one of the newspapers you subscribe to. The human mind is more complicated than ever, according to scientists. And then you click on the link and read the whole article. So is that your prediction that he is going to endorse Trump? You mean that's why he's, yeah, his press availability is going to be him endorsing Trump before South Carolina. Okay, no. What do you think he's going to do? I don't know what he's going to do. You think he's going to make an announcement about the complexities of the human mind? No, he could come out and say something positive about Haley, but I, um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen I either. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Wow, really you do have a good no. imagination. I thought you didn't have a good imagination, but that was like as wild as any it's not fantasy that you don't have a good imagination. or J.R.R. Martin. It's, it's imagery. Ima- it's oh, right. Visually, okay. yes. Jean, you know what's so interesting is I have a couple of works of art that you made in in high school that I keep in my home. Right. I have a couple pieces from our ceramics class that we took with Miss Allen, rest in peace. And then I have one of my treasured works of art, which is a drawing you made of the clock intercom unit yeah. on the wall uh, in the English classroom that were in, what was that, 10th grade, 11th grade? It truly is a work of art that that expresses the sensibility of its creator because it is very detailed and very precise. And the only information, the only emotional information it provides is the fact that you took the time to make such a detailed and precise drawing of a clock on the wall in a school. It suggests that feeling of just sort of endless, empty hours that that so much of school feels like. <laughs> So there's an emotional subtext to it, but the drawing itself doesn't register as emotional. And now that I know about the about this about this, um, I don't want to say condition or disability that you have, where you cannot picture a red Disorder. apple. We'll say right. cognitive di- difference that you have relative to my own cognitive experience. Yeah. Now this drawing is even more meaningful to me. Hmm. 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 Much interesting, as always, yeah. to consider. All right. Uh, should we start the episode? Like, what happened? We went on a journey of the mind. I kind of feel like we're. I kind of feel like this is the perfect episode. I don't want to do. Now we're going to talk about fucking the the fucking White House and and Biden being too old and Ezra Klein no. calling for Biden to drop out and they're going to somehow get it. Joe Manchin's not going to run a third party. Like, who cares? We're talking about the mind. We're talking about the human mind. All right. Let's do a UNC sports update. <laughs> Uh, okay. Carolina had sort of a rocky, a rocky week. Um, Tuesday, they were at Syracuse and ended up losing by nine. I believe Syracuse is a team that Carolina beat by 36 points just a few weeks ago. So that was a disappointing loss. Uh, the Virginia Tech came into the Smith Center in Chapel Hill on Saturday and Carolina was able to beat them. Latest AP poll came out. Carolina dropped from 7 to 10. Mm-mm. And the NCAA Selection Committee put out their first top 16 seeds this week. And Carolina is listed at number five. So even though they're ranked 10 in the AP poll, the people who are going to decide where they're seated in the tournament have them as the fifth overall seed. So that's good, right? 
That is great. Jamie wrote in and said, hey, David and John, did you know there was a recent dual three-peat in UNC athletics? Both the men's and women's ultimate Frisbee teams, one one of which is named Darkside and the other is named Pleiades. What is that? A, that's yes. like a comet or a constellation, right? Yeah, something like that. They both secured their third straight championships in 2023, and they both sit atop the 2024 power rankings as well. John, I had no idea. Men's I and knew. women's ultimate Frisbee. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I even watched the championship last year. I wish it was recognized by the NCAA. Oh, is it not? Because it, no, it's not. I oh. mean, it, count, it counts as a championship for these people, but these are technically just club sports. Mm. But, still, but still, it's something to be proud of. Hey, man, we'll take what we can get, right? Yeah. John, let's do a couple quick listener questions. Jeff wrote in. Says, David, I have a few notes for you. Please stop getting your news from TikTok. Double private jet story with Taylor Swift that you mentioned? Come on. Diversify your news sources. This is correct. I owe everyone an apology. I kind of felt like maybe it was wrong when I was saying it when I said that Taylor Swift was flying from Japan to Las Vegas in a private jet so she could be at the Super Bowl in time and they were flying a second jet alongside. In case that makes no sense. Like what they were going to like, she was going to parachute from one plane into the other in mid flight, like fucking Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Like, I really, truly apologize for that. That was that was a complete misstatement of fact. There was a second jet at the airport in case something was wrong with the first jet, but they didn't fly a second jet in parallel. You had the right idea. I had the right idea, which is like, wait, wait, what's the right idea? That there was a second jet involved somewhere. There was a second jet involved. Jeff continues, I do, however, appreciate the course correction on the negative vibes about Biden and his age when you said you need to stop being bedwetters. Maybe chill out and start putting your money where your money is, i.e. on predict it. Okay, that's the feedback on the age. I'm back to being a bedwetter as of this week, but put that aside. Then Jeff continues, continues the both sides discussion about Jon Stewart and his comedy takes on Biden and Trump is accurate. It was lame. I do love the Taylor Swift and Kelsey relationship analysis. My 12-year-old daughter agrees. Well, Jeff, I have to say, I'm not sure this is a podcast for 12-year-old daughters or kids of any gender because we use profanity and sometimes we discuss matters of erotic power and, and sexual ferocity, and I'm not sure that kids are ready to listen to that. So please, parents, use judgment when recommending election profit makers to your kids. And also pediatricians um, use your judgment before prescribing election profit makers to your young patients. That's what I would say about that. We got some negative feedback about our art project, our conceptual art project, when we read all those domain names from that, um, (laughs) from 2015 or whatever that was. I was in a fugue state. I really do not remember doing that. Um, And I just want to say to everyone who was so mad about that, and said they would rather listen to two minutes of silence rather than almost 20 minutes of, of domain names that, that um, this is a work, this podcast is a work in progress. And John and I are both works in progress. In spite of our advanced age, we still have the, the sensibility of children. We are still fascinated by the abundance of phenomena within this world, whether it's shadows on a cave or the thing of its, in and of itself. And we will never apologize, and we will never back down, and we will never stop experimenting. So you should steal yourself for other interminable lists of only somewhat interesting um, acoustic phenomenon. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Skyler from Colorado writes in, I haven't finished listening to the episode yet. So maybe you commented on this, but I had to stop as soon as Kate from Spokane started talking about the pronunciation of Colorado. I'll tell you that as a Coloradoan, oh, there's an, oh, they're, it's not Coloradan. As a Coloradoan, a dead giveaway that someone is from out of state is that they call it Colorado. Locals pronounce it the right way, Colorado. Sorry, that just bothered so me. So I'm so I pronounce it like a local. So now I'm confused. It's Colorado. I knew it was Colorado. That's normal. I'm normal.
Well, we got someone else who wrote in. Nat writes in, I'm from Chapel Hill and I live in Colorado and I actively avoid saying the name of the state as it feels too studied somehow to say Colorado. Colorado feels more natural to me as a former East Coast elite. Yes. Here in Denver, with our numerous transplants, you hear all sorts of Colorado pronunciations, which is fine for me. Everyone says things differently. But I've been made fun of for my East Coast pronunciation, mostly by people who grew up here and call themselves natives, but are not indigenous, which is kind of gross in my opinion. It's a Spanish word. And that's why they claim to pronounce it that way. And I'm half Spanish, but I would never say North Carolina. We don't say Los Angeles in a proper Spanish accent either. Or here in Colorado, we say Salida for Salida. I sort of love that it doesn't make sense. Anyway, it's North Carolina and the home of the Tar Heels. Tough losses, and maybe I'm delusional, but I think that makes us better for March. So now I don't know what to think, and I think... The only solution is to avoid visiting, um, pronouncing, and thinking about the state that is spelled C-O-L-O-R-A-D-O. Fine with me. Yeah, it's too much to consider. I've had wonderful times in Colorado, but I will... Oh, see there, I see. I said it again. I've had wonderful times in that state, the state that is abbreviated C-O, but I have no plans to return to it, and I will put it on my must-to-avoid list moving forward. How about that? I only am going to travel to states where every single person, either resident or visitor, is locked in on how to pronounce it. Does that make sense? Yeah. North Dakota. That's the only state I'm going to visit. That's the least ambiguous. No, Rhode Island is a less ambiguous um, pronunciation. I think almost all of them are. You think? It's just Oregon, Nevada, Colorado. That's it. That can't be it. There's got to be another. Really? Hawaii? Come on. Nebraska? Hawaii. Okay. You have to add Hawaii. That's another one. Okay, that's it. So actually, I can visit a lot of other states. Oh, that's good. Wisconsin? No. Everyone knows how to say Wisconsin. What about Illinois? Illinois? Some people say Illinois, I bet. I bet they do. Yeah, you're probably right. Right? Yep. Maryland. Oh, I wish it was pronounced that. That would be so nice. M-E-R-R-Y. God, imagine if the state was Maryland and it was spelled M-E-R-R-Y space land. Would you be wanting to visit that state very much? (laughs) (laughs) It'd be such a great place. It'd be such a good home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This episode took a... Who would have thought that a discussion of Donald Trump's new high-top sneaker... Would have would have led to such a revelatory conversation about the fact that you cannot picture things in your mind. Wow, I really have to think about that some more. I know, I do too. I really do. I want to read some more research on it. Yeah, let's both do some more research on it. If anyone else has something interesting about their mind, would you please let us know? Because 2024 is the year of the mind, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Let's crack this thing wide open. If we can solve the mystery of the mind, I guarantee we could get more Patreon members. Especially if we put it all behind a paywall, like academic journals do. You know, where you have to subscribe to the academic yeah. journal to get the research. Yeah. If we solve the mysteries of the human mind this year, John, and we keep it all behind the paywall, oh my God, we'll have so much Patreon okay. money. We won't have to I worry about that. our income anymore. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. And if you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. You'll also get an invite code to our private Discord. Send your election prediction questions, skyline requests, and bird recordings to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Thanks, everybody. And rest in peace to Dex Romweber, truly one of the irreplaceable titans of the Chapel Hill music scene. Rest in peace. Most of you remember Sarah Ron Weber, former drummer of Let's Active. Now Sarah lives with her family in Carborough, North Carolina. And Ron Weber's are pretty well known around here. Her brother, Joe, is lead singer in UV Prom. Her sister, Monica, a rock and roll devotee. And then there's little brother, Dexter, who moved his bedroom into a building behind the house. He calls it the mausoleum. 
Dexter is no poser. He loves American rock and roll and lives it 24 hours a day. I really don't know what else to tell you about Dexter. He's the kind of kid that would take a long time to get to know. Welcome to the Mars. This is where I spend my time. It's where I spend my time growing up. And drinking beer. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't true. That ain't true. Um, I'll give you a brief tour of the place. It's not really that, you know, people think it's a big deal, but it ain't a big deal. It's just home. Tell you personally. Rounding the gothic cornice, here is my bed. I spend many a lonesome night in this bed. And overlooking the bed is the rock of ages. We got Elvis at 19 with a stack of That's All Right Mama records that he recorded in 1954. Um, his shirt's off and he's looking slim. He's just looking real good. It's probably the best Elvis ever looked. That's Elvis Presley right there. Then below him, we have Richie Valens, who's me and it's our band's current favorite. He's, I mean, we got a record by him and we listen to him all the time and he's just the greatest. And before him, Buddy Holly. And God, Buddy Holly's just my tremendous idol. I don't know. He's just, I, I don't know him, but I love him. <laughs> and below him, Gene Vincent. And the, there's never gonna be a wildest rocker ever again. Then little Richard, and he ain't rocking no more, just like the rest of them aren't rocking no more. It's kind of our uh, shrine to the rockers. And uh, moving around. This is my first silver tone guitar that I brought to school with me and crooned to a young lady. And it's broken now, but there's many, there's many memories in this baby. It'll be working soon. And then the coffin table right here. This baby, this is... Big John. We got this the night we moved into the mausoleum. But we went out in the woods and got it by the railroad tracks. And, uh, let's see. Oh.